Hi, everybody. Welcome to the best podcast available, sponsored by our great friends at Cross Country Mortgage. I'm Jason Gibbs, alongside with Andrew Gribble and special guest NFL Draft Analyst Bucky Brooks here on the program. And we come to you live from Indianapolis in the 2022 NFL Scouting Combine. Bucky, appreciate a few minutes of your time. And when you come to Indy, what is your plan what do you do in the week uh, other than make your uh, rounds here at media row what what all do they have you doing in the week that is the nfl combine well the week of the combine is is great because it's it's kind of it serves a couple of different purposes we'll talk about all the players and the workouts and all that stuff but really it's the catch-up session it is having the opportunity to talk to all the coaches to kind of get a sense of what everyone is feeling about this class what people are feeling about the new way of building teams coming on the heels of how the team won the Super Bowl and all of that. And so because it is kind of like the, the convention, the annual convention of all football people, it is a great experience because you get a chance to take all this information and you're able to use it as you begin to project how the league is going to look going forward. How do you think the league handled not having one last year? And and how, just talking to people, how do you think, how excited are you see people to be back here yeah like it's funny because it's a blur because i'm sitting here trying to remember man when was the last time we we had a combine because there's so much going on yeah look i think everyone is excited back to have the opportunity to have all the prospects in one spot where you can see them you can talk to them you can kind of get a feel and sense for who they are not only as athletes but as people you can do all of that done and you can kind of better navigate how to handle the pro day circuit and the workouts and so Look, people to talk about it. It's kind of become a made-for-TV event, but it's still a lot of uh, necessary work that has to be done. I, I know that on NFL.com, you've put out your top five at each position. What are you looking for this week as we get rolling here, especially with the workout set to start on Thursday? Is it something with the interviews? Is it something uh, that they do on the field? Is there something specific that you're looking for? Well, the interview things, you, you just want to listen and hear the whispers, like, did anybody bomb the interview process? Did any information come out that maybe you need to rethink where someone stacks based on, hey, they may have something in the background that's probably going to lead to a fall? The, when you get to the field, it's really about trying to figure out, can you confirm some of the things that you believe that you saw on tape? If a guy's an explosive athlete, does he show explosion when you're watching him work out? If a guy doesn't play as fast, but then he tests faster here, was there an injury or something that we didn't know about that wasn't reported that impacted his play. And so a lot of what this is, it's a fact-finding mission. It's being able to match up what you believe you saw on tape with what the player displays on the field. And even though the tape always supersedes the workout, the workout can give you some answers to maybe what you may not have seen during the tape discovery. It was a big day here for wide receivers, and I know you put out your top five wide receivers list. What do you like about this group and, and kind of the, the talent and the, the differences between some of these guys? I mean, there's a lot of talent. I mean, I feel like we're going to say this for the next five years. There are a lot of talent at wide receivers, and it's not necessarily a requirement that you have to take a receiver in the first round and get big-time production. These guys are coming into this game, into the National Football League, trained and skilled because they've had so many years to work on their craft before they get to college they've been playing seven on seven up into and through high school and so these guys have caught a ton of balls they understand how to get open they have a nuance to their game that they didn't have years ago uh, this class is about trying to figure out what it is that you need uh, we always talk about in in building a wide receiver core you have to build a basketball team 
meaning that you have some big players that can dominate down in the red zone. You need to have some chain movers that are you guys that can work over the middle of the field. And then you have those big play threats. Those guys that can take the top off the coverage. They can make things happen in the vertical part of the passing game. This should have all of those things. And so depending upon what you're looking for, you can find it. Obviously, a lot of people in our neck of the woods like a certain college a couple hours to the south of us. Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, what have you seen in the early tape study that you've done? Uh, man, Garrett Wilson is probably the one of the two that probably has the ability to be the number one receiver. Outstanding route runner, great hands, um, does a good job catching, like catch and run part of it. Like after the catch, he, he picks up yards, chunks. He's a chain mover. He can do all of those things that you typically see from a number one receiver because the difference between a number one receiver and a compliment is the number one receiver not only has to command a double team because he's so dangerous that you have to double team him at all times, but if he faces a double team, he has the ability to get open and continue to deliver big-time production. And Alave, Alave is just really smooth. Um, he's a natural point scorer, meaning he, he's going to leave. He left Ohio State as maybe the most prolific point scorer in Buckeye football. When you think about all the receivers that have played there, that is a tremendous honor. He is more of a what I would call like a vertical threat, a vertical playmaker than Wilson. But both have the ability to be very, very special players in the right system, given and placed in the right roles. And both those guys are pretty different, I guess, than the other the other two that are getting headlines with Traylon Burks and Drake London. What do you like about them? And specifically with Burks, we heard about how big his hands were and just kind of how big of a guy he is in that position. Yeah, Burks is interesting because he is a big guy. He is big. He's physical. He does a great job of winning contested catches. He is not necessarily a refined route runner. Um, his, his game isn't based in technique when it comes to how he gets in and out of his breaks and does that. He wins a lot of times because he's a better athlete than the guy that he's facing. Uh, and Drake London, Drake London, you're getting a basketball player. This is a guy who was a big-time basketball player in high school. He started out his career at USC as a two-sport player. There's a lot of basketball that shows up in his game, the way that he wins 50-50 balls over DBs down the field, the way that he's able to post up in the red zone. All of those are traits that he learned from his time on the hardwood. When you're getting a player like him, he expands the strike zone for your quarterback. And so depending on your quarterback and what deficiencies he may have, sometimes you want to put a big body out there because now you can say, hey, just throw it up to him. He'll go and make you right. For a team like the Browns, though, you, you talked about how tempting it is that there's so much depth at the wide receiver position. You can get great players in the second and third round. What are maybe some other positions in that 13 range, like a pass rusher, defensive tackle potentially, where that might be more tempting? Than, than a wide receiver at that point when you're weighing the balance of yeah, well, what you want. Yeah, there are plenty of pass rushers available. I mean, there are guys all over. There are guys in Big Ten country that people talk about. George Koloftis from Purdue is a guy that is a big-time pass rusher coming off the edge, plays with uh, the energy and the effort that you want to see, has been productive throughout his time as a boilermaker. You think about David Ajabo from Michigan. Uh, I know sometimes those guys – in Ohio, down in Columbus, they talk about <laughs> the school up north. But, yeah, that David Ajabo is a guy that can come off the edge. Freakish, first-step quickness, snap count anticipation. He's a very interesting one. And so it's just a matter of trying to identify exactly what you want to put opposite Miles Garrett. Do you want a power player? Do you want a speed player? Depending on that, it kind of leads you to the pass rushing uh, tier that you want to kind of shop from. Yeah, obviously, wide receiver, defensive end are, are two big areas that we're focused on. But what other areas are, are pretty deep in this year's draft that you've seen? 
Uh, the cornerback class is good. Uh, the cornerback class has has a, a number of intriguing options where guys can come off the, uh, from the college game and step onto the field and play. People will talk about Sauce Gardner, uh, who is terrific. I mean, you just don't see guys who are long and rangy and athletic who also like to tackle, like to thump, aren't afraid to get into the mix. He's unique. Um, Andrew Booth is another guy that is interesting in that class. I would also say offensive line, the offensive tackle class, continues to impress. They're guys that um, are day one players right away. They'll come and make immediate contributions. And so overall, the depth and the draft are in the meat and potatoes position, but not in the sexy positions where it comes to quarterback. It's just one of those things where the, the Browns obviously looking uh, for all these sorts of positions. Another one that comes up is tight end. I know that's a oh, day yeah. three kind of group, but a lot of these day three guys really seem to, to kind of come in and establish themselves and have long careers. Yeah, no, they do. And I would say, I would, I would say like more of a, I don't expect a tight end to go in the first round, but man, there are plenty of pass catchers that uh, can make it happen. McBride from Colorado state is one that that's interesting. And then you have a handful of other guys that have size, have athleticism, can control the middle of the field. Um, we have seen that you don't necessarily have to invest a lot in tight ends and get a tremendous amount of value from those. I will give you one that you can keep an eye on at the um, East West Ryan game. Jelani Woods from UVA, uh, the Virginia tight end, has tremendous size, big catch radius, soft hands. He's interesting. And so there are a handful of guys that you have to keep an eye on. NFL Network provides on-location coverage of the 2022 NFL Scouting Combine Thursday through Sunday. Starting at 4 o'clock, NFL analyst Bucky Brooks joins us. Uh, the combine with some new drills, some updated drills for 2022. Do you like them? Is there something that you'd still like to see included? I mean, look, they've been they've been trying to spice up the combine for a while. There's been requests in from teams to see different drills and those things. I think all those things are fine. I think as an evaluator, you love to see guys move around. You want to see the base drills. Uh, the 40 and the broad jump and those things. And then the position drills are fine. Like they can do, however, how they move around and get over the bags and all that. Ultimately, what you want to do is you want to get kind of like a flashpoint of what the athleticism is. And then you want to set it up when you go back to their pro day to take them through things that are going to relate to your system. And so it'd be fun to watch these guys run around. And the more uncomfortable that the combine can make them, the better, because you want to see how guys act under duress. But it's a nice starting part starting point for where you want to get to in the evaluation. Bucky, appreciate the time. Enjoy the weekend. Are you still coaching? I am still coaching high school ball. Still Head coaching. coach? Head coach. Head coach. Head coach, right. John Elway's alma mater, yes. All right. How are we looking? How's the off-season program? Uh, the off-season program has been fun. Um, it's good. Like, we're just practicing. It's all OTA stuff or whatever, trying to get it all together. But, no, it's a lot of fun. Okay. It gives me, I would say, maybe even more perspective in watching these guys grow up. Uh, being able to look at high schools, go to college and college to the pros. It's been a lot of fun. Appreciate the time. Good luck this weekend. Get some rest. Maybe some Elmo shrimp cocktail. Oh, we got to get some of that. <laughs> and enjoy the weekend. Continued success. Hey, thanks so much, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks again to NFL analyst Bucky Brooks for all of his time today, breaking down the NFL combine. It's early in the week, Ribs. So yep. it's one of those things where, you know, we'll break down the winners and the guys who showed out next week on the best podcast available, but it's a little bit more behind the scenes right now. And like he said, it's a lot of fact finding and trying to confirm the stuff that you think you already know about the player. Yeah. And, and we're still probably not going to know a ton more by this time next week. It's, it's going to be one of those things where a player like a Drake London, 
is not going to do much here because he's still recovering from from an ankle injury. I think the, this, for our perspective, this is where you learn a, a few tidbits here and there. Like we hear about Traylon Burks and his off-season hunting activities, how he grew up hunting hogs, and you've got uh, how he has four XL gloves. He had to get special-made gloves because his hands are so big. I mean, the ultimate humble brag for a wide receiver. I think that's that's something you love to hear. And then you hear about Garrett Wilson today talking about uh, his relationship with Baker Mayfield. They both went to Lake Travis High School in, in Austin, Texas. And so it's it's all those kind of little tidbits you put together. And, and really, we'll, we'll start hearing what the experts are in, the Bucky Brooks of the world, what they're hearing behind the scenes about whether this player was elevating up the boards or or, or that player was. And, and mostly it's going to have to do with how those players were interviewing and not really what they did on the field unless it was at a, a exceeded a level that people didn't didn't expect. Now, some players obviously aren't working out this week uh, because of injuries, but there are a lot of players that are not choosing to work out, maybe more than I think we thought. When we talked to Eric Edholm, you know, this is the first in-person combine and maybe a little bit more important to get that workout in, but a lot of players not choosing to uh, to work out this week that are healthy. Yeah, I mean, it, it goes back to, one, confidence in where your standing is, and, and two, I mean, everyone that got drafted last year didn't have to work out here, so it's kind of a standing where if those pro days, if you can make that meaningful, I think that it shows the teams will take those seriously, and I think that that, that goes into the, the thinking behind it. I think where it comes down to a pressure thing, it's like if you're in a tightly contested group and you want to go X positions higher, than, than someone in your group, maybe you're, you feel the pressure to, to work out. That usually always happens seemingly with the quarterbacks. I mean, that I don't know if we'll have that this year, but if, if you're confident and, and good enough and, and feeling like that, you saw last year, not only were there the, the entire draft class went without a combine, you had some of the best players in the draft last year not even play college football the previous year. So it, it, I think if, if you're at that level, they know NFL teams will find you no matter what you do in this process. It was an interesting article this week from Pro Football Talk and Mike Florio that could, on the horizon, especially with this event becoming a, a made-for-TV event and more fans in the, uh, coming into attendance, the need to pay people to work out here at the NFL Combine. Well, if you if you start losing guys that are the, the ones that you want people tuning in for, that could definitely become an incentive. I, I Certainly, I, I wouldn't be opposed to, to what it would be, well, how, however nominal sure. of, a, of, a, of a number it may be. But, I mean, this is big. We, we do focus on, like, a cluster of, like, 30 guys where there's, like, the other couple hundred, many of whom will not even be drafted, where they would crawl from wherever they live to, to get here for sure. this opportunity. So it's a mix of, uh, of both because I think, you know, a lot of people are going to be tuning in to watch Malik Willis and, and Kenny Pickett throw but may not necessarily be watching the division three guy that was a star at his level that that's trying to show that he belongs on this stage. So it's, it's a, it's a tricky balance, but I, I, I certainly wouldn't be a, be opposed to it. Cause like you said, it is becoming more of a TV event, but it is funny though. It's not funny, but like ironic though, it's, it's hitting its peak as like a TV event as we're reaching an area where more and more guys are deciding not to do it. And yeah. I, I think that's, 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 that's a tricky thing. The NFL is going to have to figure out and getting, more of these guys to do things. Like yeah, it, it is. I, I don't know how I feel about the fans being allowed. Like, we're not allowed in. No. <laughs> we're at the Indiana Convention Center. We're not allowed in the stadium to, to watch those workouts. And uh, so that that it's just a different element altogether. And, you know, 
but that's where the league ultimately wants to be in, in putting this event probably in the similar context of the NFL draft and making it a made-for-TV but made-for-fan event as much as anything yeah, they're else. Gonna, they're going to have to add a few more things to make it a, a fan event, in, yeah. my, in my mind. I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to downplay the, the excitement of, of the combine, but there's – there, there'll be a lot we of dead air, to, a, lot, a lot of dead air to fill. I mean, you're, you're going to have to have some music going on at all times, some some yep. interactive things for fans to get engaged with before you start bringing them in and charging charging prices here. Wide receivers talked on Wednesday. So did quarterbacks. The first players at the podium here in the 2022 NFL Combine. Obviously, spotlight on those wide receivers as we talked about with Bucky Brooks. Anything that stood out to you that uh, we didn't get to with Bucky? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's one of those things where we keep hearing it over and over again. With these four guys, it's like you can't go wrong with any of them, which is a really good place for the Browns to be if they want to choose a wide receiver at number 13. And, you know, Bucky touched on it. You're trying to build a basketball team, and you want to have different skill sets for different guys. And I, I don't know when I hear that, I don't know what, what that means toward the Browns because I think there are multiple areas of need at, the, at that position. I mean, I think – You've got two young guys with with Donovan Peoples-Jones and Anthony Schwartz. Anthony Schwartz is obviously a gifted, uh, fast player, and and I think Donovan Peoples-Jones is well-rounded, very reliable. And then if if Jarvis Slander is coming back, you've got a great veteran in that room as well. But I I still think you have multiple needs to fill. The way I look at it is like, is there a place for Drake London in that room? Yes. Is there a place for Traylon Burks in that room? Yes. Is there a place for Garrett Wilson in that room? Yes. Like, so – yeah. I don't get any more clarity when I hear when I hear those answers, and that's fine. But it's it's a good time, it, just like the Browns a couple years ago when you needed a left tackle. It was a good year to need a left tackle because there were so many good ones. Uh, it's the same kind of situation with wide receiver. Now it's just a matter of who all is going to be available if you want one at, at number thirteen. I think but the majority of them still will be available, but maybe not all. Yeah, and I think it's interesting. The draft is shaping up that maybe it, it doesn't have, you know, the five or six quarterbacks that everybody always falls in love with. And, you know, there's a run and maybe some of the bigger names, but at, at the same time, the depth that the positions of need for the Browns, yeah, edge rusher, wide receiver. Uh, if you need some depth on the offensive line, oh boy, that's going to leave a mark on the door. <laughs> Not so great. You might want to have, uh, Use both doors when pulling the golf cart out. Hey, who knows? Um, it, but, you know, there, there's a lot of depth at the positions of need for the Browns. So day two and day three really could set us up pretty nicely as yeah, well. And when I asked Bucky about the pass rush thing, I was, I was, it was good to hear that there are still some good pass rushers. I just wonder the difference between a day two wide receiver and a day two pass rusher could be pretty vast. If a guy like a Jahan Dotson of Penn state, who's really good. I mean, he could still be around day two. Is that caliber of pass rusher still available on day two? That's a, that's a tricky thing that the, the Browns are going to have to balance. If that's another position they want to target, or I know we didn't talk much about defensive tackles. It's obviously a position of need on, on the team. There may not be someone worth the number 13 pick to go get, but is there someone worth the 20th such pick and you want to make a move down to go get it? that? That's another area where you have to make a decision uh so it, it's it's going to be about balancing that but ultimately i think when you're picking at 13 you need to pick whoever's your best player i mean i think then that you you don't overcomplicate it and if one of those wide receivers is that player you go get him yeah i and there's going to be a player there that you yeah. want or that you cover i mean that's plain it's, it's there are teams here this week that will fall in love with quarterbacks so 
these mock drafts that don't have a quarterback going or only one quarterback, there will be multiple quarterbacks gone by yeah. the time the Browns pick at number 13. And my theory, we my theory is we're going to be talking more about Matt Corral after this, after this combine. I, like I think I, I, I like get that. him in the mix. Let's get three quarterbacks off the board by 13. Then you're, to give you're getting you a the top 10 train. player. Yeah, happy to give you a little hype train. You know, move us, move us uh, up on the list and move those players down to us. All right. Also at the Combine Week, kicks it off the first couple days, GMs, head coaches, and general manager Andrew Barry address the media on Tuesday. Uh, your big takeaways from one Andrew Barry. Well, I mean, you guys have talked about a lot on CBD. <laughs> you're not getting many takeaways from these <laughs> no. guys, and that's good. I mean, that's, you're not coming here to make headlines, but I, I think that the, the overall philosophy in this is where, where I think you've got an opportunistic mindset from this front office, and I think we've seen that the last couple of years in free agency and in the draft. So it, it's kind of a setting the stage to kind of be prepared for anything these next couple of weeks because I, I don't think they've hesitated to make moves that, that they believe can kind of make this team better. Uh, and I, I just think that you're looking at you, – you can't get pigeonholed into these positions that we're harping on. I, I think there could be positions addressed all over the field. I, I don't think there's going to be a sense of feeling too comfortable at any one spot because not that the Browns got complacent uh, last offseason, but we talked so much about offensive stability, bringing everyone back, how great it is. It didn't, didn't go so well. I mean, and so it, it, you're going to have a, a mindset of how do you get better even if it's in areas where you already think you're pretty good. They're going to address it. Yeah. And Kevin Stefanski talked to the media on Wednesday. Again, you're not going to get a lot, but you got you got a few little nuggets on Wednesday. Yeah, he, he did a lot of kind of breaking down philosophies on wide receivers and everything like that, and it kind of echoed a lot of what, what Bucky said. You want the different skill sets and, and flexibility, versatility, and, and I think he has shown – he said every wide receiver is different, but there are guys that are clearly capable of coming in and making an immediate impact. Uh, he brought up Justin Jefferson in Minnesota as an example of that. And then there might be some other guys that are a bit of a slow brew that it's going to take a little bit. And I think you saw Anthony Schwartz, as an example, battled a number of injuries that kind of hindered his ability to, to make a big impact his first year. But you saw some flashes at the end, and you hope to build on it. And, and you, you know with the history of the wide receiver position, you never write anyone off after one season because it can take – it can take a few seasons to kind of click. Not everyone is going to be Jamar Chase. Not everyone's going to come in and, and kind of take over things. It just takes a little bit for these guys to, to get a hang of things. And you saw that from year one to year two with Donovan Peoples-Jones, and you hope it translates to the third year as well. But hopefully you can throw someone into the mix, whether it be a free agent or, or, a, or a top pick that can kind of make an immediate impact to help out that group right away. You know, the one thing that – and you, we spend a lot of time. We go to dinners. We go out to the, uh, the, the local bar scene and – you kind of get a feel from everybody that, okay, and this is an outsider perspective. You know, people ask you, hey, what, you know, what happened? Yeah, it, it wasn't the year we all thought it was going to be. Yeah. And, and then the follow-up is, and it's almost universal from people, is it, you can turn it right back around. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like you, you went to three or four wins. Like, you were still you were still, <laughs> you were still in nine. there. Yeah. Like, you were 500. Like, a couple tweaks, a couple things here and there, a couple new additions, and you're right back in it. And it's, uh, I think, you know, the, the season wasn't how we wanted it to go, but it's right there still to get right back on the path that you want to be on. Yeah, I mean, an example of a team like that would, I guess, probably be the 49ers last year. Yeah. I mean, they, they did have to sneak in at the end and, and kind of make a run late to get in the playoffs, but then they get all the way to the NFC Championship. They had a similar year 
like the Browns did in, in, in 2021. They had that year in 2020. They make a couple moves. They even draft. They send out a lot of capital and draft a player that had no impact on their season this year, but they still got back into the into the mix and, and got all the way one game away from the Super Bowl. So there's, there are plenty of teams. There's a team every year that went through a season like the Browns that gets right back into the mix the next year, and the Browns are going to do everything they can to make themselves one of those teams. Best part of Indy to this point, because we're still midweek, uh, that doesn't involve the NFL combine. I mean, it's just, it's being back. I've been, I mean, we've made jokes about just how everything's basically like we're back here in 2020, that nothing's changed. I mean, there have been subtle changes. Sure. Indianapolis has been affected by the pandemic a bit. Some restaurants have some new names. Uh, some some things Sad. are open. Uh, some, yeah. better, uh, some things are closed that used to be open. Uh, there was a but, minor panic attack Monday night that Kilroy's might have been out of business. Never fear, Kilroy's is yeah, quite so it, good the, the, and bustling. It's, it's right just, now. it's it, everything just, I feel like we last, I think a lot of us might have been surprised at how much of an impact COVID still had on the 2021 season after what we went through in 2020. And the as Kevin Stefanski talked about it today, as far as he knows, this whole offseason schedule is normal. Uh, and he has not had a normal offseason schedule yet as the Browns head coach. And it's, it's, we're, we're, I, I don't know if anyone, any of us are ready to commit to that yet because we're, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're so kind of just shocked about how all of us think in 2020 won't be normal when it very much was not normal. Uh, so hopefully this is the first step and then we get to free agency. Let's have a normal free agency with players in the building and, and us kind of getting the footage and then have a normal draft, bring the players into the building after, right after you pick them do the press conferences, all, all nine works. And then in that April, players back in the building for off-season workouts and then you're, you're full steam ahead toward a training camp and hopefully a season that doesn't get uh, affected by COVID or, or the way it was this past year which was arguably because of just the differences it was almost affected more by it, it, it than it was the, the, by 2020 yeah. so it's, it's that is just kind of the collective feeling that everyone has here and everyone is kind of just picked up where they left off everyone's kind of used to this and it's almost like yeah. as if there wasn't no combine last yeah. year. It, it has been great to see everybody, yeah. uh, all the teams and their media content production teams, uh, a lot of the coaches, the GMs. You can just tell everybody has has mixed and mingled, yeah. especially at night and, and just catching up and being face-to-face. And, you know, I, I know some of the NFL Network people were like, I haven't seen this person in person since two years ago, right before the world shut down. And, I mean, let's be honest. Probably, the combine probably shouldn't have happened two years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I tell you, it was right. It was <laughs> at, a, at a very sen- sensitive time where it was when we went back home. We're like, okay, this is it's, it's strap in for this. It, it's it's going to change. All right, we've got a nice little Italian meal coming our way. Uh, we've had uh, we've had a little nada, had yeah. some tacos, fantastic. Had a little Elmo's as well, shrimp cocktail. Eat it accordingly. Be careful. And it's Watch the and yourself. it's the busy long days that make it so rewarding. At the end, because this this is a grind. I mean, we're not going through the, what the players are going through, but this is a these are long days. AP came here. He was first one in the building this morning to go see Trail on Burks. Overachiever. Well Eight a.m. I mean, I I, I I I can't say I was here for the for for that moment, but I, I came in shortly thereafter. <laughs> so, but he was the first one in the building. He made sure he was going to be here. So we we had the full we had the coverage ready to go, uh, and and we'll be back at it again. Eight a.m. tomorrow. Yep, we will be churning out content for the rest of the week here from the NFL Combine. Uh, everybody doing a great job from our video crew uh, to our writers, Mr. Anthony. 
Sean on the digital side, getting his first taste of the combine. We may never get him to leave. It just kind of depends how things go here over the next 48 hours. Uh, I haven't seen Zagura outside of shows and occasionally tapings. He's running amok. Uh, Bishop's around from the Cleveland Browns Daily as well. So thank you, everybody. Uh, keep tuning in on all of the Cleveland Browns media platforms for continued coverage from the 2022 NFL Combine. Special thanks to Bucky Brooks for all of his time. Jeff McDaniel, Rob Conroy, also a big part of this week's best podcast available, presented by our great friends at Cross Country Mortgage. Gribs, we're back in the studio next week. We'll recap what the 2022 Combine has given us as the sun is coming up on the 2022 season. Brandon Gribble, I'm Jason Gibbs. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to the best podcast available presented by Cross Country Mortgage.